So are your transactions with others based on convenience or are they based more on trust? There's a maxim about taking things at face value that goes, don't trust everything you see. Even salt looks like sugar. (laughs) That just brings back serious middle school prank vibes, am I right? But in all seriousness, what else do we have to go on other than what we see at face value? If we try to look beyond what someone presents, we risk getting it wrong or spending so much time mind reading, we'll never get anything done. On the flip side, if we only take things at face value and believe everything we see or hear, we risk being fleeced, screwed, and swindled. Just like anything else, we need to find a middle ground allowing us to operate. I sat down with Jake and Pete to talk about how the necessity of trust is being built into Doorward and how trust manifests itself in business. We also delve into the trust equation and other materials put forth in the Trusted Advisor by Meister, Green, and Galford, and talk about how we are trying to build our unique brand of trust. It's time to get those doorward thinking caps on. Let's get started. We are back for another episode of Doorward Thinking. I'm here in the studio with Dan Jacobison. How you doing, Dan? Jake? <laughs> That's better. No, just kidding. Um, Not bad. <laughs> My brother's Dan. I got to differentiate you two somehow. Nah, I got I got A brilliant winter day. Glad to be here. And for the first time in season three, Pete in Cleveland. How you doing, buddy? I'm doing great. How are you? Oh, having a blast over here. A wintry blast. As we are recording, there is a snowstorm trucking its way towards St. Louis. We're getting ready for freezing temps, so we'll see what happens tomorrow. We needed to get this out of the way early. But before we delve into the trust equation and what trust means in our industry and what it means in the bigger world, I'd like to let you all know that Doorward Thinking is powered by Podtrix. It's the next generation of podcast hosting with innovative features to guide your podcast to success. Check it out at podtrix.com today. So Pete, one of the things that you do at Doorward is keep tabs on the state of business connection and communication and how businesses and people find each other, because that's something that we're actively working to improve. And you've noted that there's been a lot of upheaval on social media recently. How do folks in real estate operate on social media and what kind of problems does that present for them? Well, I, I, we're talking about trust. And um, overall, I'd say that they're, the way that they're operating is with their trust in the systems that they're using being at an all-time low. You don't really need to read into anything. I mean, when you say taking things at face value, you know, questioning the reality of someone that they're interacting with on a post, taking like Facebook groups, for example, you know, seeing the posts from a peer about just, you know, how much spam they're dealing with and the scams that they encounter. So it's like they're swimming upstream, really. They're trying to be productive and they know that there's there's something there for them that's useful, but it becomes challenging when you have to question every social interaction that you have. Is this person real? Are they going to try to scam me? You know, you start to search for, what we do, do we have mutual friends? Do I know somebody that they know? 
So it's it's a big challenge right now. Upheaval is a great word. Mm-hmm. It's a great word. It, it, it concisely defines everything that's happening on all kinds of our favorite uh, mainstream social platforms. Yeah, you're talking about the other day, and this is relevant because Twitter Blue is back again, uh, at least for now, right? At the time of recording. <laughs> <laughs> um, and, and Pete, like, what does that mean for, for people in real estate who were using Twitter as a, as a platform? Well, the, I mean, the changes with Twitter Blue kind of rub people the wrong way. A lot of the users, the power users, the influencers in the real estate community had spent a lot of time putting in a sweat equity to get that blue check mark. And their main concern was that, you know, well, anybody can create a profile or take their existing profile for that matter and then pay the monthly fee to be verified. All of a sudden, it puts them in equal footing in terms of how their replies and retweets and what have you are prioritized with the algorithm. And okay, I understand that there's some benefit to that for the people that are, you know, making a valid effort and trying to grow their personal brand and they want to help people. But at the same time, we see the toxic nature of, uh, you know, so many accounts and the bots and, you know, again, people trying to take advantage of what's left of the trust factor on a platform like Twitter to leave someone. Account impersonation, um, you know, outside of the real estate space, one of them that I saw was an account that paid for Twitter Blue, changed everything to look like a company that manufactures insulin and then tweeted they would be giving their insulin away for free. So they basically made a copycat account and then people bought into that. And the stock price of the actual company on the exchange just fell off the face of the earth. I mean, I forget how many points it lost in just a matter of hours, but it was unbelievable. And so, you know, we're talking about high level manipulation. It's just mind boggling to me that this is, you know, the new reality of how we interact on social media. How, How is that helpful or meaningful, you know? That's super scary. Terrifying, right? Yeah. Someone could take advantage of that situation so quickly and rapidly, too. This isn't like weeks of planning and months of execution, a matter of a couple of hours on a whim that, you know, this is just on a whim that this can happen. And so, what is that like? What is, oh, I shouldn't be asking the questions because I'm not the host, but I'm thinking to myself, what does that tell us? No, no, ask the question. Go ahead. What does that tell us about like the current state of the social media platforms that we're using? What, what are they helping us to accomplish right, as a people, as a society? just seems to me like it, it's not, I wouldn't even call it entertainment at that level, right? Like this is, you know, you're destroying people's livelihoods. You're messing with, you know, people's careers. And it's just, um, yeah, it seems awful dark. Yeah. People have, built their business on their reputation, building that presence and trust. Years. Years. Years of building. Years of building. And then it can be eroded so quickly, not just the trust, but the business could be eroded quickly. So as you said, terrifying. So the groups, you know, the Facebook groups and everything, they have to change their rules as to (laughs) what can be posted or who can post Jake, I know you have some experience looking up some of these things and the rule changes and how that really can bind somebody who's trying to get the most out of being on social media for their business in the first place. Yeah, absolutely. Anybody that's actually there serious about, you know, networking and transacting over real estate, 
is fundamentally there for like the same purpose, right? They're grabbing one end of the same piece of rope that they want somebody else to grab. And these changing rules and restrictions and like they, they, they want that to some extent in order to make it transactions that you can trust better. However, like it also restricts your ability to actually transact. It works against it. So then where do people go? They're started out by driving for dollars and, and going around door to door. Then they go to social media and somebody comes in and, you know, just kind of re- ruins it for the whole group. And then the rules change. So it's like, we're all being treated like children in a classroom and people aren't able to freely reach out and transact very easily anymore. So where do they go or what are they looking for? Well, fundamentally, they're looking for trust. And I, I've seen a lot of different things happening, Nate. And one of the things I think, especially coming out of the pandemic, there's an increased return to in-person events. I, I can actually go to this place where there's a community of like-minded professionals that's here to exchange information or, and or business cards. And I can actually like look somebody in the eye and shake their hand and, and hear some of their story and understand a, what kind of real estate they invest in or what have you. And that is a, a huge value that whoever's organizing this group is providing, providing that space to allow that to happen in person. And I think outside of that, they're going to look for platforms that are protected in some way or another where the platform has invested in protecting their identity, their reputation, and their ability to kind of be without having to worry that they're about to be fleeced or screwed or swindled or what have you. It sounds like people are just wanting to get back to doing what they do well and doing it the way that they know they can be successful without having to jump through all the hoops, following somebody else's rules. Would you say that's an accurate statement? Yeah, I don't think it's just about following somebody else's rules. It is um, certainly like time is in the equation. If I have to put in all this extra like work to try and see if this lead or this vendor or this uh, provider of, of something is, is actually real, this ultimately is wasted time, time I could better be spending on some productive element of, of my business or my life. And yes, like they will go to the place where they don't have to waste the time on understanding who are you and are you real and are you trying to screw me? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they want to operate from a place of comfort. And so what I'd like to do for the rest of this time is talk about how we can build that comfort with other people and some good things to look for to help us know that this company or this group is going to be trustworthy and also how we can build our trustworthiness. One useful tool that I found from the folks at Trusted Advisor, you can check out their website. They have a book and great set of free assessments and things is something called the trust equation. So I want everybody to get out a pen and pencil. Uh, Just kidding. But just visualize this, if you will, that trust or trustworthiness is equal to your credibility, your reliability, and 
your ability to cultivate intimacy. And what we mean by that is just like a, a safe, secure feeling. And those things, credibility, reliability, and intimacy over your degree of self-orientation. So is that self-orientation being, are, are you looking to benefit yourself or are you looking to benefit others in your motivations and your actions? So one more time, just so we get it all down, trust or trustworthiness, according to the folks at Trusted Advisor, is credibility plus reliability plus intimacy over your self-orientation. So we're all on the same page. Credibility is the words that we speak. It's also our education and our credentials. When we have an interaction with somebody, are the things that we bring to the table backed up by our knowledge and our experience? Then we have reliability. Those are our actions. Will we do what we say? So, you know, when we say we're going to send an email or finish a project, is that going to be done in a reasonable time? When it doesn't, do we say, uh, hey, you know what, this is going to be a little bit later? Or do you just kind of drop off the face of the earth for a while? Those things influence our reliability, our intimacy, the safety and security we feel trusting someone with something. So if, you know, you drop your car off at the shop, does the mechanic make you feel that you're going to be taken care of, that your car is going to be kept secure, and that the work is going to be done. It, it's that feeling of confidence, really, you have that everything is going to be good and the degree to which you're worrying about it. That's your intimacy score. And self-orientation, again, the person that you're working with is their motive and are their actions looking out for themselves or Am I confident that they are looking to help me or even better to develop a win-win? Pete, I was wondering, since you're a math guy and, and you bring equations like this to our team meetings all the time, I was wondering if you had a take on this equation or on one of the variables. I love trying to make sense of everything mathematically. Um, and so I can appreciate the use of the, the equation here for sure. No doubt. One of the things that I was thinking about as you were explaining all this is that this equation seems like it's scenario or situation based and that you have to redo this equation based on different situations. Um, and maybe, maybe I'm just looking at it the wrong way. Oh, I'd like to hear your take. Trust score for the mechanic is going to be different. Like, okay, so take the truck into the mechanic. He gets a high trust score. He's not going to have the same trust score for watching my son. It's a dynamic thing. It changes based on the situation, it seems. And likewise, there's people that I would completely trust to watch my son, but I would never have them work on my truck. So um, there's something else that goes into that equation, I think, which is the situation in which you're evaluating somebody based on, you know, with the, the magnitude of the trust factor. I see what you're getting at. To me, it sounds like that is uh, like kind of a, a, a meta, like larger combination of the credibility and reliability component. Mm -hmm. If I take my truck to Aunt Judy and she says she can fix my truck, I'm going to be like, oh, that's BS. You've never worked on a, on a car in your life versus she has a couple of kids who 
turned out okay. And it's just like, yeah, I trust you to take care of my kid. That's kind of different, right? Mm-hmm. Very. Yeah. So which of those factors does that really speak to? Does that speak to the, the credibility primarily, I guess? Do you have the expertise, the education, the, the skills to engage in this activity that I'm asking you to do? I would say so. It seems so. One of the other things that the book mentions, though, is that as we grow in our ability to be trusted, especially in a business setting, because that's how the book is written, that we move beyond the project focus to the like the larger life focus. Pete, your question about truck versus sun, I would say fits into the framework that they propose where very early on you trust somebody based on a result that they're going to give you. And as you grow, you begin to trust them more with how they can guide you to grow as a person or in some kind of project. And so it seems to me like trust evolves over time. Or devolves. Okay, let's hear it. Well, that's like we're saying, like, okay, I was using X platform to engage other real estate professionals, and now my trust in that platform has totally deroded. Simple example. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's a dynamic living thing that's it's not static, and to the, to the point you're making before. I think it starts with, the, I, when we look at the equation, I think the intimacy part of that is, I put some extra weight on that. Um, and when I say intimacy, I mean friendliness. Mm-hmm. And that is where everything begins, right? I mean, when someone is friendly towards you, even if you don't know that person, you begin forming some level of trust. Right. Even if it's in its like most basic format. And the more that you encounter that, the, the more it starts to increase. Right. If someone's like off putting or not very friendly, like you're not going to really be like forthcoming with, you know, giving them information or striking up conversation. So that, that I in the equation, I think, is, is very, very important. And, uh, you know, in my mind, I would just highlight that component of the equipment, you know, that variable mm-hmm. of the equation. Well, we went through this assessment as a team. A little bit. And and we found that the intimacy component is something that we really identify with. And the other one was in our self-orientation that we're connecting beginners and experts in real estate. We're doing this for the people because we we want everybody to thrive and succeed in this business. And uh, one of the other tools that trusted advisor gives is something called a trust temperament based on the combinations of persons or businesses strengths as a company we fall in as the connector temperament you can check it all out on our show notes or head over to trusted advisor on their website but the connector is one of the most effective types of advisors out there because they help people get things done instead of trying to do it all themselves. I think it makes sense from a standpoint of recognition of who are the experts out there. Like we are talking about before, somebody is good at one thing and somebody is good at another. And like, hey, you can help each other. And that goes back to maybe our identification of what goes underneath that self-orientation. I think we're all about win-wins here at DoorWord. And we live into our mission we fulfill like the purpose of Doorward and our platform when we're able to create win-wins. And a lot of that is just like, hey, you two can help each other in different ways. I was doing a little bit of research 
prior to this, and that fits really nicely into a report put out by the Boston Consulting Group, or BCG, about trust within cities. So stepping out from the platform where the business is done to the real world of the assets of the cities and communities, they say that trust is built by fulfilling the city's value proposition. And that value proposition is that people can have good work, can build a future, that there's a functioning economy, that there's safety, good schools for their kids, a properly maintained infrastructure, a healthy environment, all of those things. That's the purpose of a city, to be able to go in and live with a group of people whom you may get to know very well or may not know very well at all, but have the trust and the expectation that good is going to come out of it for you. Otherwise, there's no real reason to join that community. I think the same goes for what we've been talking about with all the social media. Right. They're, they're digital communities. And what they've done is fostered an environment that's full of skepticism. And so instead of meaningful interactions happening on these platforms, even though there are change agents on these platforms trying to pull it out of the depths, everyone is still siloed and skeptic of, you know, they're a skeptic of everything that they read, hear, and see on, on these mainstream social platforms. And so it's doing the opposite of what it needs to do for these digital communities. And so instead of bringing people together, People's networks now are, you know, right, they're afraid to expand outside of what they know because of the skepticism and, and uh, lack of trust. And so they can't really, like, move forward at the pace that they want to without putting in an insane amount of work. You know, uh, Jake was talking about validating, like, the search. You know, you've got to go into Zoom info and see if this person has, like, a real phone number and a registered address. That's exhausting, and it's, it could completely defeat the purpose of advancements that we are trying to make in the, you know, on the tech side of things to increase automation, the fun word that everybody likes to use, but mm-hmm. we're go- we seem to be going backwards with how we're using it. Right, right. Uh, so there's a quote by Eastern philosopher Lao Tzu, and he says, he who does not trust enough will not be trusted. What I think that is trying to say is that relationship is a two-way street and that we need to put trust out into the world to get that trust back. But if you know we're going to these platforms and every post is scam attempt or something that is designed to take from me instead of help build me up, then what can people do to grow in trustworthiness and to build trusting relationships with other trustworthy people. I think again, it kind of goes back to Pete's point about it depends on the situation Mm -hmm. or the the interaction that's happening. So if you're a city and the citizens of the city perceive that the officials are corrupt and they're like, you know, taking bribes or what have you, that uh, self-orientation quotient is pretty high and your resulting you know, trust score is going to be pretty low. Or if the little things of daily life in that city, the garbage isn't picked up by the, the garbage men when it's supposed to be, and it's kind of just piling up and what have you, starting to think that the services being provided to the community, it's not happening, and the, the trust score is going down. 
I'm not feeling very cute and cozy <laughs> if there's garbage on the street. No, the intimacy no. score is going down. Sure. Now, doesn't mean that other factors can't be strong. Maybe your neighbors are amazing and everybody's super friendly and they're bringing you that loaf of bread when you first move in, what have you. That can like give you a little bit of hope that there must be something going on here. And maybe this is just like temporary. And so I think it's about engaging those, those little things to help to build trust back up. Mm-hmm. So taking a look at the equation, strive to have high scores in each of those areas. Yeah, yeah, I think with about with a healthy expectation of well, where does it make more sense to focus on? As a startup, we know that our certain things about like expertise or reliability aren't just going to be here yet because we don't necessarily have the track record to prove it, and so we focus more on uh, creating those win wins, and you know, <laughs> well, we be- we gotta be pretty friendly. This is a startup, like you're going to talk to the founders, right? (laughs) And that's just the nature of it. For anybody thinking about that trust equation, maybe in their business or in their life, or how do I kind of stop the hemorrhaging of trust in in my life? I think it's like, okay, an analysis of of where you stand and all those things and where does it make sense to, Mm -hmm. to focus on, knowing that if you engage in the little things, right? Okay, I can build up my track record over time. Maybe I can go back to get a certification or, or a license that will build up my expertise, credibility score uh, within the trust factor. Pete, what are important ways you can think of to build up trust? I mean, I think now more than ever, we, we need to operate more from an abundance mindset. And when I say we, I'm talking about like everybody around the globe. And um, it just acts with selflessness. I think that is, it's not the cure-all, but I think it's a good start. Looking to genuinely help someone is a good way to quickly establish some trust. Um, and, and even if you even if you don't succeed, but you put forth the maximum effort that, that you need to and do everything that you can within reason, it's a good way to start helping people trust in other people. I mean, the modern world that we live in seems like it's more and more, you know, as we doom scroll, every man and woman for themselves. And so we just got to count on the good people out there to go the other way, right? Mm -hmm. Hey, I'm going to do for others. It kind of combines in with the the friendliness. You know, if you're a friendly person, you probably will be looking to, to help and do for others. But until... We, you know, reverse the the flow of the <laughs> the river here. You know, we're going to continue to see some of these problems. So I just would encourage everybody that's listening to adopt an abundance mindset. Think about what you can do to help the person to your left or to your right, um, and do it. Just do it. Like he's going to sue me for saying, "Just do it." <laughs> <laughs> and there's something to that, right? Like some of the little things. Sure, they don't require trust in another person, but some of the other small things are just like, oh, well, I really want to help this person out. Can I trust them to be at the place they said they were going to be so that I can help them out? There are small acts of trust that are being built in and built up over time. Ernest Hemingway once said, the best way to find out you can actually trust somebody is to trust them. (laughs) Yeah, a little experiment. So to speak, mm-hmm. uh, that that speaks to your point, Pete. Of just, I was going to say that sounds like something 
I would say. <laughs> Good to know I'm on the same playing field as Ernest Hemingway. We all know you're our thought leader. <laughs> sure. Based on that, actually trusting somebody, like on one side, it could crash and burn. If you're trusting somebody in a little way with something small, then uh, it might be disappointing, but it won't be the end of the world. If you trust somebody with something huge right off the bat, then yeah, it could be catastrophic. And so I think it is important to build up trust incrementally. There's a book called The Business of Friendship by Shasta Nelson. And uh, she talks about the friend-timacy triangle. It's a triangle based off of being positive with somebody, uh, having consistent interactions, and being vulnerable with them. But she says that you can't just go to the top, the apex. If you take the base of a triangle, it builds up to a pyramid. You, you can't just start at the top. Like You need to build a foundation of those things over time and completely build up to the point. And so for trust, when trust is rewarded, I think that trust based on pure actions and intentions fuels a positive feed-forward cycle. Yep. Based on what we've seen in real estate, how does that manifest itself? I mean, it's all over, obviously. So I'll just give like one example. Somebody that we know and love as a, as a real estate broker, and he makes a point to write down the anniversaries of his clients. And the day before their anniversary, he'll shoot them a text. He'll shoot usually the, the husband the text, largely the more forgetful one, and say, hey, just wanted to wish you a happy anniversary tomorrow. <laughs> now, invariably, well, I shouldn't say invariably, yeah, give us some credit here. Many of those husbands are super grateful for that text. Like, oh, it gives them 24 hours more than they may have had otherwise to do something for the spouse the way that they wanted to, to celebrate that anniversary. And that builds up that trust. Say like, hey, John cares about me. He's somebody that I can count on. That builds up that intimacy, that reliability. And he's front and center um, when, when their real estate needs, you know, come to mind. And so like that text message isn't like super mission critical or anything. It's something small that uh, just builds up the knowledge that somebody cares for you. Yeah, absolutely. And it's authentic, you know, for John. Like he did not do that at first, like thinking, oh, this is going to like bring me business. Just did it because that's who John is. And then over time, he realized, like, wait, this has an impact on how people see me and see, like, who I am and that they can trust me. And maybe they can trust me when it comes to this real estate transaction as well. So we talked a lot about trust today. Before we go really fast, I want to get into our three things. And just like last time, we're going to end our episodes with three questions, things to think about. Uh, you can pause the episode at this point as we go through each question, or you can just kind of listen and do this reflection when you have some time. You can also check on our show notes. The reflection questions are there. And so uh, for those with me here, go ahead and think about one of these that maybe we can give a quick answer on. Uh, here we go. The first thing, which areas of the trust equation are your strengths? And which areas are your weaknesses? 
And if you don't have an idea, go ahead and take the trust quiz. So number two, there are a lot of transactions that we undertake in business. So are your transactions with others based on convenience or are they based more on trust? And how can you start engaging in more trusted transactions? And number three, who are your most trusted friends or family members? Why do you trust them? And how can you better exhibit those same qualities? So now that you've come back and had time to think about your, your three things for this week, uh, I want to kind of open it up for somebody to share a reflection. Okay. Um, on, on the second question, I was realizing how often I actually like pay more money for some types of like goods or services, specifically because of a relationship. Because I trust that person, I'd rather it was them than somebody else, like mm-hmm. like that I don't know from Adam, and I guess that's a, that's a transaction of, of trust rather than convenience, I suppose. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Another type of transaction on convenience is just well, this is the service that happens to be here. Specifically, Jake, I'm remembering your rental car story, where it was just like, well, what am I gonna do? Yeah, yeah, they really get you. Find me a trustworthy rental company, and I'll I'll be very happy. Uh, it's just like, what are you gonna do? You get taken for a ride. <laughs> no pun intended. <laughs> and uh, there's not really anything you can do about it. Well, thanks for joining us today. Uh, really appreciate your time. I know you got to go. So, uh, Pete, thanks for sharing your wisdom with us, like always, and. Uh, Keep checking on Twitter for us. Jake, thanks for joining us today as well. Hey, man, happy to be here. See you next time. And thank you, listeners. We really appreciate having you with us today. Be sure to like and subscribe to the podcast anywhere you find your podcasts. It really helps us to bring these conversations to more people in their search for wisdom. You can follow us on social media on Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, and Instagram. For more news about DoorWord and to engage with us, feel free to drop a comment or write us at podcast at doorward.com.